It's been a rough week to watch the news. Right? I mean, all that's happening all around our world, it's just one of those difficult weeks to watch. Uh, Seeing what's happening over in the Middle East with Palestine and Israel in the Middle East that's been going on for literally thousands of years. It's just new weaponry and different war methods. See what's happening over near St. Louis. More shots fired last night. More injuries last night. The border crisis that continues to happen. One of the greatest actors of a generation and great comedian takes his own life. And everywhere you look on the news, it just serves as a reminder that we are in a world that is broken. Everywhere you look, it's a reminder that things aren't as they should be, that something has broken down. Not just the system, not just our country, not just government, not just world leaders, but everything seems to just have this touch that it is broken, that it is in need of being fixed. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this concept that it is our responsibility to change the world in which we live. And we kind of talked about this idea that if we are going to change the world, we first have to change our world or you have to change your world. And as I watch the news at night and I see these story after story after story of death and destruction and hurt and anger, I can't help but be reminded that the only hope for this world is found in Jesus Christ. And that the only hope that this world really has is His church mobilized telling people about Him. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about this concept that God has placed you in specific places around certain people with certain interests. And that is our responsibility to begin to impact our world for Jesus. We talked about finding that sphere of influence and what it looks like, the people and the passions and the places that we're put. And we talked about the manner in which we interact with people and minding how we did things and talked to people. And as a Christian, sometimes it's easy to think that if we just act right and live right and love enough, that it'll take care of itself. In fact, maybe you've seen the quote attributed to St. Francis of Assisi that says, Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Here's the problem with that. First of all, it can't be proven that he ever said that. In fact, we can't find anywhere that he actually said that. But the second major issue is it is almost always necessary to use words. Now, if we're going to communicate the gospel, then we have to know the message we're giving. In fact, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and we said that we have to be prepared at all times to give a defense for the hope that is found within. And it is our responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it is our responsibility to tell people around us about him. In America, the numbers are staggering that we're not doing that. In fact, the most recent study I've seen, which is pretty consistent with what I've seen for the last several years, is that 
For among people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, that say, I am born again, follower of Jesus Christ, I have been saved by Jesus, people that say that, about 90% of them have never shared their faith with someone else. They have never told someone else about the hope that is within. 90%. Now, even if that number's a little off, that's alarming, amen? 90% have never. As a follower of Jesus, it ought to be second nature to be able to talk to people about Him. And here's what I want to do today, alright? I want to talk about the reasons that we're supposed to share with people one-on-one. I want to talk about the reasons that we don't. And then I want to talk just for a minute about the message that we have to give. So here's the first thing I want to do. Let's talk about why this is so important. Why are we supposed to tell people about our faith in Christ? What does the Bible say about this? This is going to be a little different kind of sermon because we're not going to be focused on one passage of Scripture. In fact, it's going to be a little more practical than what we normally do. But I want you to get this sense from the biblical record that we are required, we are asked to be people who share our faith. And the first reason that we do it is because it aligns our heart with God. Jeff was talking about earlier that, that he, those devotionals where God doesn't want to use us, He wants to know us. That we want, He wants to know who we are and we want to be known by Him. And God's heart is that He knows all people and that all people come into a relationship with Him. And so when you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who do not know Him, you are aligning yourself with the very heart of God. Now, there are all kinds of places in Scripture we could go to talk about this. The easiest is the most well-known verse in the entire Bible. John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It, It tells there Jesus talking to another man, Nicodemus, that it is the reason that Jesus came was because God loved the world. That that song, How He Loves, it is talking about a deep, emotional love that God has for every single person that has ever walked this planet. And He desires more than anything for them to come into a saving relationship with Him. And so when we begin to share the message of God's grace and mercy and the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are aligning ourselves with the heart of God. Second Peter says it this way. It says that the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise. How long has it been since Peter wrote those words? I'm not asking for a specific date, but a couple of thousand years, right? It's been a long time. And Peter was writing to people who thought that Jesus should have already come back. And he said, wait a minute. He's not slow in keeping his promise. And then he says this. He's patient towards you. Now, Peter's writing to the church, and he says he's being patient with you, the church, because he desires that no one should perish and that all. You know what the word all means? What does the word all mean? All, right? It's real deep stuff here, right? All should come to repentance. So, this is what Peter says God's heart is that every person would come to saving faith in Jesus. But he's patient. And it's our job to do it. 
So it aligns our heart with God. The second reason we share our faith is because we're commanded to do it. I have four kids. Y'all know that? I talk about them a lot, right? I have four kids, and a at least once a day, more often, many more times than that a day, I have conversations with my kids where I ask them to do something specific. Luke, go get your shoes on. Eli, can you pick that up from the floor? Maddie, could you stop talking in that way? Just whatever it is. Do you know that they don't always do what I ask? Y'all have that at your house too, or is that just mine? All right. How many of you have ever had a child disobey? All right. That, what do we call it when someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do? We call it disobedience, right? Is that what you call it at your house? That's what we call it at my house, right? We also call that wrong, all right? If I say to my children, I need you to do this, or this is what you are to do, and they don't do it, it's called disobedience. The last words Jesus tells us in the book of Matthew says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me ask you a quick question. Was that just for those guys standing around there that day? No. Is that just for preachers? The correct answer is no. Okay? Some of you are like, I don't want to say. Is that just for deacons? Are you here? No. Is that just for staff? No. Is that just for Sunday school teachers? No. Who is that command for? All. And so, if that command is all, and 90% of people have never done that, Do you know what we call those 90% of people? Disobedient. Wrong. It it aligns our heart with God. It's commanded in Scripture of us. Thirdly, we see that the kingdom of God spreads one person at a time. One to one. Now, we can see this in the New Testament. We can see in the life of Jesus. Jesus often would have an encounter with a single person. The woman at the well. The woman caught in adultery. Uh, the, the man with demons in him. The man born blind. He would have an encounter with one person. And then they would go out and share what had happened. Even his disciples. He, he, would, have conference, he would have little small groups with them and then send them out. We get to the New Testament, you see Paul. Paul does preach and Peter does preach, but you also see these moments where one-on-one they're sharing their faith. One of my favorite scenes in Scripture is uh, Peter is, um, excuse me, Paul is brought before the king and he's on trial for his life. And he's there and they say, listen, you got to hear this guy come. And he comes before the king and he says to the king, let me tell you my testimony. And he flat shares the gospel with him. And the king looks at him and says, do you think you can convince me in such a short period of time? And Paul says, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to keep talking. One-on-one. When God was ready for the, the story of Christianity to move from one continent to another, from the, where they were in the Asian continent over into 
Africa, what did he do? Did he, did he send Philip on a preaching expedition across the place? No. He sent him out into the desert where he ran upon an Ethiopian eunuch who was driving by reading the scriptures. They have a one-on-one conversation. They baptize the Ethiopian eunuch and he goes back to Africa and the gospel of Jesus Christ spreads. One by one by one. That's how the kingdom of God advances. Now here's the last reason. It's because the world we live in is broken. Now I mentioned it at the beginning, but it's not just the national news stuff that tells us the world is broken. It's the broken homes, broken marriages, the broken bank accounts, broken careers, broken dreams, broken physical health, broken mental health. Man, everywhere we go, we see this brokenness in our world. You talk to people and they tell you about their struggles and their difficulties and what has happened in their life. And it just seems that everyone is overflowing with brokenness. So if it gets us aligned with the heart of God, it's commanded in Scripture, it's how the kingdom of God spreads, and our world is anxiously awaiting an answer to brokenness. Let me ask you a question. Why are there 90% not doing it? You tell me, what are some reasons people don't share your faith? You, you can talk about a friend you know, all right? So it has to be you personally, a friend I know, or a relative I know. What are some reasons people don't share their faith? Because they don't like to talk in public, obviously, is what you're thinking right now. What are some reasons? They're afraid, afraid of rejection. People aren't going to. They're not going to agree with me or they're going to be upset at me even or they're going to, you know, maybe even it hurts a friendship or it hurts a family member. And so there's rejection worries. Okay, so you don't know what to say. What if they ask this question? What if they ask that question? I don't know how to answer. So I don't know what to say. What's that? You're lazy. All right. I thought you said amazing for a minute. And I thought, I, Bob, I, we get along most of the time. I don't know what that means. All right, you just... Lazy, all right? I'm going to use a, a more technical term. We're going to talk about apathetic, all right? Same kind of thing. They don't care. We've lost our sense of understanding that people that die without a relationship with Jesus Christ are going to spend an eternity separated from Him. Our friends, neighbors, co-workers, we think they'll get it all worked out someday. Sometimes people think, I'm not good enough to share the gospel. You don't know my life. Listen, if perfection is required to share the gospel, none of us are qualified. But it's not. Just fear. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what I would say. I don't know what I would do. I'm just scared. Listen, it is natural to be scared. In fact, Paul in the New Testament, when he asked people to pray for them, he often asked, pray for boldness that I'll be able to share or to say what I need to say. Here's what I want to do today. I want to help you in one of those areas. Because the number one reason people say that they don't share their faith is they don't know what to say. So we're going to help today, all right? Is that okay? Yeah, you can talk, yes. I'm going to need you to talk to me a little bit. All right. How many of you got a napkin that looks like this when you walked in in your order of service? All right. Hold it up for me. Let me see it. All right. Next question. How many of you do not have one? All right. I'm going to need some helpers. Hey, Jeff. 
Ben. I started to throw that and realized Miss Joan was sitting right in front of Ben, and I did not want to hit Miss Joan. All right, you need a napkin because it's got these drawings on them, and we're going to use that. And this, in case we, if we all need more, let me know. This is my napkin. All right, and y'all don't get spray paint. I'm sorry. This is my thing. So I'm going to draw the circles similar to what you have. All right. You've got arrows like this, right? Does that look like yours? Except for one thing, right? You've got these squiggly lines, right? And here's what we're going to do. All right. We're going to walk through this. Here's what this is. It's called Three Circles. It's a life conversation guide. If I can get the top off, there we go. It's a life conversation guide about how to share your faith with someone. And here's the reason you have a napkin. I want you to see that this is simple enough to share on a napkin. Now, some of you are looking at that napkin and you're thinking, there is no way I can write small enough to get inside these circles. You know what you can do? Turn it over and write your own circles, all right? Or just write on the outside, okay? And it's three simple circles that help explain the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody still need one? Oh, we're good. All right. Chris Scheide, do you not have your hand up over there? All right. And here's where we're going to start with this conversation. Because there are many times in everyday conversation... When you're talking to someone that they're going to discuss the problems or challenges they're facing. It's amazing how often people share their heartaches regarding marriages, children, finances, addictions, depressions. You name it. People are hurting and they need hope. And so when people start talking about that, it's a natural bridge to begin discussing your faith in Jesus because I believe that God has the answer for the problems and the brokenness that people are experiencing every day. The way you start that is you tell them, listen, I understand that there are lots of things going on in your life and lots of problems that are there and lots of problems in your family and lots of problems in the world. Here's what I want you to understand is that God has a plan for all of us. And in the middle of that plan is perfection and good and right. God's design and plan is for us to live lives that give praise and honor and glory to Him, but but also that our lives will be fulfilled and whole. And that if we lived in the midst of that plan at all times, we would experience the life that God intended for us to have. But every one of us, has decided to step outside of God's plan. We've decided we are going to do our own thing and go our own way and have our own issues and we can handle it ourselves. I'll take care of it on my own. Me and my family are fine. We're going to do our own thing. Now, there's a word for stepping outside of God's plan in the Bible and it's a good church word, but it's a word that means we have stepped outside of what he means. It's sin. And sin is just any time we do what God does not desire for us to do in His plan and His design, or we don't do what God intends for us to do in His design or His plan. 
And when you or I step outside of God's plan, it always leads to brokenness. This is where you talk about, you discussed with me how you have felt like you don't know how you're going to make it financially or how your family is going to be together. And there is this broken feeling inside. And any time we decide to move outside of what God has intended for us, we end up in a place of brokenness. Now what happens when we end up here is we try to fix whatever's going on. And so we try all kinds of methods to fix this brokenness. We try relationships or a career change or we invest in something or we... um, Go down a path to to try to fix whatever the brokenness is in our lives. We retreat into ourselves or we surround ourselves with people that we don't have to talk about those kind of things. What we discover is whatever it is we do, entertainment or addiction or money or career or relationship, that none of it fixes the brokenness inside. And soon we realize That nothing we can do will fix this. We realize we're hopeless. We have no way of breaking free. And it's at that moment that we need to be reminded of a word that that the Scripture uses called gospel. And the gospel is a word that simply means good news. And the good news is that in spite of our desire to move outside of, the sin, of God's plan, in spite of our sin, and in spite of our brokenness, God still loves us desperately. He desires a relationship with us. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants more than anything for every single person to be with Him. Doing what He has called us to do in that wholeness. The gospel tells us a story of God's love is so deep and so strong for us that he sent his own son, Jesus, and that Jesus lived on this earth and is the only human to ever live on this earth who did God's plan 100% all the time. He never did anything wrong. He never stepped outside of this plan. He did exactly what God intended him to do. He loved people. He cared for people. He taught people. He worked with people. He healed people. And in the midst of all of that, he did everything that was required of him. And when he was 33 years old, some of his friends, some of his former friends, people that had been out to get him for a while, had him arrested, had him crucified and killed. And Scripture says... The Bible tells us that when he had done everything he could possibly do according to God's plan, he gave up his life and died. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And as he rose again from the grave, he proved that he could do what he said he could do. So he can forgive our sins. He can defeat death. And he proved he is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God. And as he rose from the grave, he reminded us of the love that God has for us and offers us a chance to have our brokenness solved. The Bible tells us there are two words that have to be there for our brokenness to be solved. And the first one is repent. 
And the second one is believe. Repent is a good church word, but it basically means to change our mind, to go in a different direction, to say that what I have done is wrong. Stepping outside of your design was wrong, God, and I am broken by it, but I want to be in your will. I want to be doing what you've called me to do. And to believe simply means that we now believe in Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. Here's the beautiful news of the gospel. Is that when we repent and believe, our brokenness is gone. That doesn't mean that we won't ever suffer. It doesn't mean that we won't have difficulties. But it means that we are set right again in accordance to God's plan. And repenting and believing in the gospel allows us to recover And pursue God's plan for our lives. And we are back to where we always were intended to be. It's not complicated. It's not hard. But it's clear. Next time you're in a situation where people are talking about their brokenness, I want to invite you to begin to tell them about God's plan and the sin that led them to where they are. Listen, people get worried that you, well, I'm going to talk to them about sin. They're not going to hear about sin. We all know we sin. Amen? Man, nobody around that really doesn't think that they've done some things in their lives. And this brokenness is something that can be healed through repentance and belief that allows us to recover and pursue God's plan. So here's what I want to ask you to do with this. I want to ask you to think in your own mind of somebody you're going to encounter this week that needs to hear this message. Don't take the filled out napkin with you and say, look what I learned at church. Let me hear you just take that. You read it. You'll understand it. All right. But begin to talk through this. All right. Draw the circles. You can take a napkin. You can take a sheet of paper. You can do whatever. I'm going to show you some other things we get ready to leave today that you can do, how you can implement this. But you want to talk about how God intended for all of this to work. Who in your life, in that sphere of influence we've been talking about, in the world that God has placed you, the people and the places and the passions that you have, who needs to hear this message? And are you willing to be able to do it? According to statistics, 90% of people have said, no. I'm asking you in this church to change that statistic and say yes. Let me also speak this morning to some of you that are here. Maybe you've been coming for a few weeks. Maybe you've just come today. Maybe... You've been coming for a long time. But you've never experienced repentance and belief and recovery and pursuit of God's plan. Well, you've experienced brokenness, though. Your life is broken. And maybe nobody else sees it on the outside, but internally you know your life is broken. You've been trying all these things. You've tried 
everything you can imagine to break free from this. And every time it keeps coming back to a life that is wrong. Perhaps for you this morning is the time to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and a God who desperately loves you and a God who sent His Son to die for your sins and a God who rose again from the grave to prove He has power over death and can cure our brokenness. Perhaps today is the day you finally say yes to turning from your life and towards God and believing He is who He says He is and He will do what He says He will do. Perhaps today is the day of your salvation. And in believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can recover and be free to pursue God's design for your life. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of response. I'll be standing right down here at the front like I do almost every Sunday. And today it's really open for a couple of reasons. Anything that God lays on your heart that you need to come and talk to me about, I am willing and able and ready to talk about. But two things I want you to kind of focus on in your mind. First of all, is there someone in your world that needs to hear this message? And today perhaps is a day for you to come and pray for them here at the front. Sometimes a physical action for something God has laid on our heart, brings accountability and makes it more real. And so perhaps for some of you today, you're sitting there and somebody's on your mind and you're thinking, I need to share this with at work, at home, at school. I need to share this with. This morning, what you need to do is physically get up and come and pray for them. Secondly, today, the invitation, the response time is open to those of you that may be and brokenness. And this morning, you may have heard it all your life, or you may have heard it for the first time, or you may have heard it many times in many places, but this morning is the time for you to repent and believe. It's the time for you to allow God to heal your brokenness. I'd love to talk to you if that's where you are. Would you pray with me this morning?